want to know what really goes into planning the perfect kitchen or bathroom? Well, welcome back to How to Buy a Kitchen or Bathroom, the podcast brought to you by these3rooms.com. I'm your host, I'm Lindsay Blair, and by day I am the editor of Kitchens, Bedrooms and Bathrooms magazine and These Three Rooms. And now I'm here on this podcast chatting you through the ins and outs of getting the kitchen and bathroom you really, really want. On this week's episode, we're going kitchen and we're talking worktops and how to get through the masses upon masses of choice available to help find the one that perfectly suits the style of your kitchen. As I'm sure we'll find out, it's not quite as simple as choosing a worktop based on the looks. As with anything in the kitchen, it has to suit how we live too. If you are a regular podcast listener, you know how this works by now, but I'm going to tell you anyway. It would really mean a lot if you go on to your podcast provider, rate and review this episode. I love to know what you guys think. And then don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss any episodes. joined by Rianne Williams who is senior designer at Harvey Jones at their Worcester showroom. Hello how is it going over in Worcester today? Hi very well thank you how are you? I'm very well thank you I'm sure you've been busy now that shops are open again. Oh but well we've brought our summer sale forward so yeah it's incredibly busy but it's really lovely to see everybody again and be out of the house. Now Rianne today we're talking worktops and I've been in many kitchen showrooms and even to worktop factories, all of the glamour here at, at KBB Magazine and these three rooms. And even with my knowledge of kitchen design from working on the magazine and website, it can be rather overwhelming, can't it, when faced with the vast choice of worktops that are available? Absolutely. There are so many samples now and we try and contain them in the showroom, but there are just thousands of options for worktops. It's a bit of a minefield. I can, I can imagine myself in a showroom now. There's always a section of the showroom dedicated to the surfaces. And often there's like samples upon samples and drawers upon drawers of small swatches of stone. What sort of setup can you expect in a Harvey Jones showroom? Exactly the same, surprise, surprise. So yeah, we have drawers full with samples, obviously different finishes on display as well in all of the showrooms. It's probably part of the showroom that people get really excited about because it's when you open the drawer and it's, you know, all these lovely worktop samples looking back at you and then you have to try and pick one and then that's where it becomes a little bit daunting, I think. Well, I think you hit the nail on the head there. I mean, it, it looks great and you're creating your own little mood board, aren't you, in, in the display and then you almost have to sort of commit to one or even two sometimes surfaces and you sort of think, oh my God, how am I going to decide from all of these beautiful surfaces? I know, you know, it's like if somebody has a really lovely box of chocolates and then they say, oh, you can have one (laughs) and you have to then commit to one, don't you? There's so much you need to know and understand, make sure you're getting it right. Where do I start when I'm thinking about the type of worktop that I, I want for my kitchen? Oh my gosh, you know, that's the question everybody asks. They all come in and they always say, what is the best worktop? And you know that question is the one question that doesn't have an answer unfortunately because it's like saying what's your favorite chocolate or what's the best holiday destination and everybody has their own favorite and there are so many options as part of your experience with a harvey jones kitchen for example we actually dedicate an entire design meeting with our clients just to talk about worktops 
you know, and understand which materials best for their needs and their individual space as well. And that conversation, it tends to start with past experiences, what materials have they had in the past? Did they enjoy them? Did they not enjoy them? And what they want to achieve in terms of a look for their kitchen as well. But what you really need to consider is, you know, how is the kitchen being used and who's going to be using the kitchen? Is it going to be abused? Uh, how tough does it need to be? Are there any particular features that you would like to have incorporated? So you've probably seen them, you know, the moulded sinks, drainer grooves, curves, with, you know, waterfall ends, different edge profiles. You know, there are, there are so many options. A good designer really should advise you on which materials work best within the parameters of your design as well. So, you know, if you have a U-shaped kitchen, perhaps a material with seamless corner joints would be amazing for that particular space. Or if you have a particularly large island, you know, I would probably consider which materials are available in bigger slab sizes to avoid the joints that we don't need. I love the idea of a dedicated meeting because I think there is a danger when it comes to worktops in thinking that it's a small part of the kitchen design, whereas in fact it's it's one of the most crucial parts of a kitchen design. It's you know, it's the worktop, it's where you're gonna be putting everything, it's where you're gonna be touching every day, you're putting food on there, chopping on there maybe, you know, that it's such a heavy duty part of the kitchen. Yeah, that's right. And I've thirteen years designing kitchens and it's always been quick decision almost and it's a real shame so I really love working here because it you you know we really stage everything out and understand each part of the project as a bite-sized piece because that's the only way you can really understand all of your options and know which ones are best for you you know you have to break everything down because otherwise it's very easy to walk into a lovely showroom and say gosh that's gorgeous yeah I'm gonna have that without actually understanding the pros and cons you know to that material whether that's going to suit your lifestyle and and how long that's going to last in your particular space. When it comes to lifestyle I mean what sort of things do I need to be thinking about do I need to be thinking about how messy I am whether I like to yeah, yeah. All the work, clean up, you know. <laughs> what, what am I thinking about? So yeah, how messy are you, and and just how much time do you have as well? You know, because you can get some really beautiful finishes. You know, you have lovely timbers that are available in kitchens now as well. But actually, if you don't have time to give that material the care and attention that it needs and deserves, then it's probably not the best one for you to have as your primary material. You know, and you probably should be looking at something a bit more hardwearing with less maintenance. And then do I need to think about the type of thing that I like to cook or what I'm actually going to be doing on that worktop? Yeah, definitely. I like to really get to know my clients quite well because that's the only way really you understand how they're going to use the kitchen. You know, what are they cooking with things that are likely to stay in a particular worktop and you know, how do we avoid that? Or, you know, are they super careful like my mum? You know, she's had a laminate worktop for probably 20 years and it's still perfect in which case you know you don't need to go necessarily for the the most expensive options. What sort of questions do you ask your clients? I'm quite interested to know I mean I often say to people when they ask me what to expect when working with a designer it's it's a bit like don't be scared if your designer asks you personal questions. It's true (laughs) isn't it? You you really get to know people and ask them about their daily habits. What what kind of questions are you going to be asking? Yeah um, do you know if I could move in for a week that would be really helpful sometimes because then you really get to know somebody but you know have you got a teenager is one of the classics because we you know we often get people come in and they're familiar with uh, it always seems to be quartz and granite. People are, are most familiar with that group of material, but they always say, oh gosh, you know, our 15 year old comes in, 
chucks his cornflakes all over the worktop, he chops directly onto it, he uses all of the pans in the pan drawer. So just stuff like that, really, if there's anything, or if, you know, past experiences again, if somebody's had a particular worktop and they've burnt it or they've cracked it or scratched it or it's just been a real pain showing watermarks, you know, I constantly get, oh, we had a, you know, a black granite worktop and everything showed up on it and how do we avoid that? So it's, I think it's just life experience and just how you want to use the space, but also keeping it quite future-proof as well. Because if you are going to invest in a premium quality workshop, then the chances are you're going to have it for a good 10 to 20 years. And you want something that's going to grow with your family and develop with your lifestyle too. That leads on to budget, really, is the question that springs to my mind. Because, you know, it is a large piece of your kitchen and it's the part of the kitchen that gets the most onslaught, arguably. And like you quite rightly said, you want something that's going to last 10 to 20 years. You know, it's a big investment. What kind of portion of your budget typically would you allocate to worktops? I would probably advise most of my clients to allocate anything between probably £3,000 and £8,000 for a, a good quality workshop. You know, you may spend less than that if you find something that suits your needs. Or I did have a lady who <laughs> spotted a really beautiful granite sample in one of these dreaded drawers that you open in showrooms. And it was actually sourced from the Madagascan seabed. And it was absolutely beautiful. And she completely fell in love with it, completely blew any type of budget that she had. But actually, I bumped into her actually about six months ago in town and, and she said to me, do you know what, Rianne, that is the one part of my kitchen that every day I come down in the morning and it just cheers me up because it's so beautiful. Three to eight thousand pounds is a rule of thumb, but if you're partial to the Madagascan seabed, then maybe invest a little bit more. <laughs> Madagascan seabed, wow. Yes, I know. Very difficult to excavate, but very beautiful stone. What does yeah. that look like? I'm, I can't picture it. Oh, it's just... Done it. it. It almost feels four dimensional. It feels like you're in the sea when you're looking at it, which I know sounds completely strange, but um, it's there's sort of pearlescent details in it and it just captures the light and it sort of shines blues and greens and it's just incredibly beautiful and really relaxing actually to have in the kitchen as well. Wow. I mean, the first thing I'm going to be doing is is searching that out and seeing, <laughs> seeing a picture of it. I'm really intrigued to see what that looks like. Now, I mean, there's Madagascan seabed and then there's a whole other array of choices available. Do you want to talk me through some of the choices that are available and give me an idea of what's the sort of lower end of the budget scale and what's on the, the top end? I mean, the key materials that we typically use at the moment are from most expensive down. Porcelain composite, those are really popular. Corian, granite, quartz, solid wood, and then laminate as well. So in terms of porcelain composite, Dekton is a brand example of that. And it's a really great material. So Dekton's often commissioned to clad the outside of buildings. It's an architect's preferred choice. It's incredibly hard wearing because the, the manufacturing process on is a technique called sinterized particle technology but essentially that's just fusing together raw materials of quartz glass porcelain under really high pressure and it creates a really durable and compact material as well so what that means for the material is that it's thermal shock proof so it can withstand incredibly high temperatures without burning or cracking which is quite unique for a material that we use for worktops it's also really scratch resistant and the domestic utensils cannot scratch a Dekton surface. So again, if you have that teenager wandering in, chopping things on the worktop, Dekton is a bit of a dream because you don't have to worry about any of that. And it also resists flames and abrasion and UV rays as well. So it's a real 
real winner if you want something that you don't have to maintain or, or worry about. Is that more of the top end of the budget skill, would you say? Yeah, I would say they overlap, to be honest, because Corian is, again, one of my favourite workshops, actually, that if you're looking for something really seamless, without visible joins, organic curves, you can find that Corian sometimes is more expensive than Dacton, because Corian has a whole array of accessories and things that you can have that just isn't available in, in any other material. So Corian essentially is a blend of acrylic polymer and natural minerals and it can be moulded to create any design that you can think of. So my clients particularly love the curved up stems that Corian offer. I don't know if you've ever seen those in the travels. Oh, the lo- it's, it's essentially, and, and my clients laugh at me, but it, it gets rid of the crumb catcher that is at the back of your workshop. <laughs> that is gone forever. That uh, is a great way of saying that, the crumb catcher. Yeah, the crumb catcher, none of those. So if you have Corian, that's gone and you just have this lovely little moulded curve that's all completely seamless. And it just makes cleaning down your kitchen at the end of the day much more enjoyable because nothing gets stuck in any grooves. And they also do the moulded sinks. Again, incredibly popular. If people decide they're going to go for Corian, it usually ends up having the curved up stems and the moulded sink as well. But it's a really practical product. So we're doing a project at the moment in Westminster, which is a high-rise apartment access is very difficult to find you know it's it's just not ideal for big pieces of granite and slabs that can't be molded so we're using corian because what we can do with this material is take it upstairs in several smaller pieces join everything together in situ and it will just look like one complete piece with seamless joints so you know it's great in that scenario if you have difficult access into the kitchen but also if you have a u-shaped space like i said earlier you don't have any joins and sometimes those corner areas of the kitchen can be a really practical prep space or serving space and a join isn't ideal so Korean allows you to do it without. So actually thinking you know not only the practicality of when you're using the worktop when it's in situ in your kitchen you should really think about access and getting into the house so if you you've got your eye on a big slab of natural stone can you actually get it in without taking the doors off yeah exactly that and you know I've, I've been on a project in the past actually where I've seen somebody take out a window and um, it was an old really lovely converted church and they again found a beautiful piece of stone and then suddenly realized it's not going to go upstairs so we actually took the window out and craned it through the window <laughs> Oh, wow. So again, Corian is, is really great for that. And the joins are fantastic. Um, you know, they're, they're not completely invisible all the time, but they are completely seamless, which is lovely. What about sort of a more mid-range budget? What sort of materials would you say would be good for that? Again, probably granite or quartz. So, you know, you can get sort of very cost-efficient quartz and cost-efficient granite, or you can spend a bit more. Um, But that sort of group of material is the one that most people are really familiar with. Most people have, you know, had it or experienced it in the past. Granite essentially is just taken from the earth, so it makes it a really tough material. Also, it's really unique. No two slabs of granite are ever identical to each other. We always encourage our clients to visit the fabricator for granite. But it's just really important if you're going to go for granite to actually choose your slab because you will not, you know, off the, off the small samples you have in the showroom, you won't get an accurate representation as to what that will look like on a big island or a big area of that zone. Yeah, that's something to really be aware of, isn't it? Because sometimes the samples in, in kitchen showrooms can be just, you know, the, the size of a sort of standard tile. But actually, these natural stones are beautiful, but they have unique grain in them. And sometimes there might be a massive splash of grain across the centre that you just didn't know 
was there because you've only seen it in a small setting. Yeah, that's it. And, you know, we, we've had a client recently in Devon and she went to go and have a look at some different options of stone and actually picked one completely different to what she chose in the showroom because it looked so different slab to slab. She found one that had this really lovely red detail coming through that she loved and went with that one. So it's, you know, if you're going granite, definitely go and have a look at the, the slabs in person and, and pick one and put your name on it. Whereas quartz, you know, is, is completely other end of the scale, really. It's, it's very consistent and you can confidently make a decision from a smaller sample of quartz. And there are different brands of quartz, different brand names, but most quartz materials are sort of 90-95% natural quartz. And then the remaining percentage of that is just made of resin and dyes, which create the different finishes that you see in the showroom. Um, so quartz, unlike granite, I suppose, is sealed during its manufacturing process as well. So it's a non-porous material. Um, whereas again, with granites, again, depending on where they are taken from, um, some of them can be more porous than others. So just, you know, another thing to keep, keep an eye out for. Well, I guess, you know, balancing the budget is is crucial, whatever part of the kitchen you're working on. But these days, you know, there are laminates and there are lower cost worktops available or even the mid-range ones that are designed to look, replicate real stones that are more expensive. So, you know, you can really have some fun with the design, but still get something that's within your budget. If you are on a quite a budget with worktops, laminate worktops are a really great option as well because, like you said, there's such a huge variety of colours and textures as well now that will just suit any space and they're very easy to install. So whereas solid stone or Corian or Decton, they all have associated templating and fitting charges, whereas laminate worktops are you know much easier to install and quite often the joiner that's putting the cabinets in can also then do the worktops for you as well. And it's really important to weigh up the pros and cons, isn't it? Because something like laminate, you know, you mentioned scratch resistance before and heat resistance. Not all worktops have those qualities. So it's really important to investigate exactly what each material does and can do and what it can withstand before you go for it. So laminate, as an example, you know, might scratch more easily than the solid surfaces you mentioned. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, we also source a lot of timber worktops for our clients as well. And I'm a really big fan of natural wood in a kitchen, actually, because it can really soften the space and offer a really lovely tactile contrast to cabinets and other finishes that you have. But wood does need a bit more TLC than other materials. You know, it isn't heat resistant, it isn't stain resistant, so you need to be particularly careful around sink areas or wet areas. Again, coming back to how do you use the kitchen, it, it wouldn't be the primary material of recommendation for me if I know that you're a busy family and you know it may be a bit messy as well but that said if you have got the time on your hands for the wood or a, a you know a, a higher maintenance worktop and it's really lovely because it ages with the kitchen some people find oiling their wooden worktops to be quite therapeutic I'm told so <laughs> Well, I actually have wooden worktops in my kitchen and I quite like to bake bread. And my experience is that kneading bread on the wooden surface isn't the best idea. So I, I think I need to oil my worktops a bit more regularly as a result. We do mix and match with wood a lot as well. It just, a lot of people now are going sort of very open plan with their 
safe. And again, if people love the look of wood or if they have a lovely big dining table that they want to somehow complement and tie the interior scheme together, we'll quite often recommend oak to be a combination material, so almost like a secondary material to something that is more hard wearing. And just almost use that to zone off areas of the space, whether that be a you know a raised bar area in Ireland or a designated preparation area but almost use it as an accent rather than the the main material now that's a top tip so you can actually mix and match your materials you know so if you want a little accent of wood or marble is another popular one you could mix and match it but speaking of marble that's a you know it's a very popular choice but it's very very hard to look after isn't it it's a beautiful material isn't it but it it isn't one to be honest that I use a lot in my kitchen designs mainly because it's just so incredibly porous and it's very very difficult to look after and maintain if you did decide to have marble in the kitchen you'd have to be quite prepared with how careful you need to be within that space but again it's you know it's like wood isn't it if you give it the care and attention that it needs they're both really stunning materials to have in your home I think that's the key. I think, you know, have the material that you want, of course, but be prepared for what that material requires and understanding the pros and cons of each material. So if you want marble, great, go for marble, but understand that you might have to just be a little bit more careful. You probably have to, you know, seal it uh, more regularly, that sort of thing to keep it looking at its best. Yeah, that's right. Or just go for, you know, there are so many porcelain composites or quartz materials that look like marble you know they're almost visually identical but much more hard wearing so you could have the best of both worlds talking about creating a successful scheme you talked about zone in there which is a really interesting design angle um, and I'm really interested to hear a bit more about that creating a zone for a breakfast bar or a cooking station maybe what sort of zones are you talking about when you think about a zone and with worktops it's this whole movement for sort of open plan living isn't it a lot of people you know whereas 30 years ago we were putting walls back up and now we're taking them all back down and quite often in a kitchen space it needs to feel less kitcheny if that's the word so you have your kitchen space you have your dining space you have a soft seating space maybe and people just want the whole room to feel a lot more sociable a lot more homely so you know if you have an ultra modern space you might want to use a bit of textured or river washed timber just to soften that and just make it feel a bit more tactile or equally you know if you have a, a very traditional space there are certain materials you can use to, to complement that as well but, you know, we, we sort of see it with a trend in the furniture as well, that people are opting for open shelving as opposed to cabinets with doors, because the whole room then just has a different dynamic and a different sense of space. So you could really choose a worktop based on the look that you want to create in a wider sense of the room. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And if you think about having a breakfast bar, I see a lot of kitchens where the breakfast bar is a different material to the rest of the kitchen is that a good way of you know just creating a different design element as well as balancing the books it creates a nice contrast doesn't it people come into the showroom and they love the wood you can have river washed oak and you can have gray oils white oils black oils and all of these really lovely tactile finishes but you wouldn't necessarily want to have that around your sink area. You wouldn't want to chop on that. So actually, if you can have that as a contrast to a nice quartz or something, you still get the look and the feel of that in your room, but you don't have the maintenance that will come with using that as your main preparation area. Are there any rules 
say that in inverted commas, to mix in different types of workshops? You know, are there threads of design ideas that you need to adhere to, whether that's a, a fleck of a colour or something? Do you know, I think the golden rule with this is just to put everything together actually in your space because you can get most materials to work together if you're styling it right and if it suits the look that your client wants to achieve. But I think the danger is picking things from photographs and assuming almost that it's going to work perfectly in your space because, again, you know, there's this sort of movement towards open plan. A lot of people are putting bifold doors in, removing walls, changing the natural lighting levels that are going to be coming into that space. So if you haven't seen that combination of materials actually in your room, I think it's really difficult to be confident in what you're choosing. But if you haven't seen them all together, they'll just look so different in a showroom to what they'll look like in your home. Yeah, and in the light as well. You know, the lights in a showroom might be totally different to the light that you have in your space. So if I'm standing in front of that display and I've painstakingly been there deciding on which ones I want to narrow it down to do I then take those samples home is that what happens yes 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 this is one of the things that has honestly always really baffled me with design so you know if you're you think right you know I'm going to paint paint my living room this weekend you would never go into a local DIY store and just go right yeah that color looks lovely let's buy a couple of tins of that and we'll go home and do it. Pasta pots exist for really good reason because that colour can change so dramatically in your room. So I've always found it so bizarre that people can come into a showroom, pick a workshop, which is a, a much greater investment than a couple of tins of paint and then decide that that is the one they're going to have. You know, I think you should absolutely, in every sense, every element of your kitchen, you should always, where possible, see it in the room that it's going to be finished in. Because, you know, like you said, lighting is, is such a big driving factor to how colours represent themselves in a room. So you have to see them there in situ. And just to sit with it as well, you know, you might just to sort of get up in the morning or come back after you've been out during the day and just to look at it again with fresh eyes and think, is this actually what I want? And if it fills you with joy, like the, the Madagascar <laughs> seabed, then yeah. I think, yes, go for it. But I mean, do you need to put that on against samples of your, your cupboard handles, your flooring, your paint, even the, the unit door sample? Is You know, are we creating a whole mood board to look at here? Everything that you can, yes. I've had a client in the past that actually found a soap dispenser that she absolutely loved. And we planned the whole kitchen around the soap dispenser and everybody was just really paranoid they were going to knock it over or smash it or something. But yeah, anything that you are going to have in that space that you are confident with, just bring everything together. Particularly as well, if you're looking at different shades of white. Again, I had a bit of a giggle with one of my clients this week because she would like, or she's having white quartz, but she also wants her cabinetry painted white as well. And the floor is also white, so you have to be very careful with tones of white because they don't all work together and there are hundreds of different types of white. So again, unless you've seen them all together on a mood board in your space, just be really mindful that you could get a tonal change if the lighting changes and you need to overcome that somehow. <laughs> and it might be that you spotted a, a beautiful worktop sample when you've been in the showroom and you think, oh, you know, I'm not quite sure about having that as the large expanse on my units but think about maybe using it as the splashback you know use that worktop material as the splashback to create an accent yeah definitely and it's it's such a popular trend at the moment where people are going for you know an almost simplified worktop or a plainer finish on the worktop with a, a more dramatic splashback because again it's 
it's future proof and if you know five years ten years you think you'd like to recreate the look of your kitchen or reinvent the space changing a splashback is an easy change that could really have an impact on the room speaking of trends i mean these things evolve all the time but i've seen a lot of stainless steel worktops in kitchens lately and i don't know whether it's because we're coming out of lockdown and we've all learned how to become home bakers and master chefs <laughs> um, so you know <laughs> well some of us have i'm not speaking for myself here but stainless steel is great for that sort of professional vibe isn't it i've seen that in a few kitchens now. yeah there's a lot of this sort of commercial industrial look isn't there at the moment and uh bringing in different metallics seems to work really well again it's a real timeless thing to do isn't it it's it's a material that we've had around for centuries and will continue to have for centuries so it's one of those elements you can bring into a kitchen space that you know isn't going to date it probably works well in in particular settings i don't think it works well in every house it wouldn't work particularly well in mine but if that's the look that you want to go for then it, it can be really dramatic and really effective You'd mentioned briefly there about the style of your house and the style of your kitchen. What sort of style of worktop goes best with a modern kitchen, would you say? Or are there rules like that? Oh, do you know, each worktop material is just so versatile because you'll always find one in each of the material groups that will complement your space. There are so many different textures to choose from now. You can go from having an ultra high gloss finish to a, you know, a leather, very textured finish. And I think as well, just playing around with, with different aspects of a worktop choice. So the thickness of the worktop or the edge profile of the worktop can have a really nice impact. So a very decorative edge profile on a worktop would look really lovely in a traditional space. But it's such a subtle detail that you can add to most materials. Whereas a more modern kitchen, we're seeing a lot of the ultra slim profiles at the moment as well. So Decton, for example, can offer as little as 8 mil thick. Corian, you can have 12 mil thickness or you can build it up to something really chunky. So again, visually, it has a really strong impact, but it's such a small decision to make within the worktop meeting. Should you keep the depth of a worktop the same throughout the kitchen? You know, if you've got an island or a peninsula, can you play around with the depths? Even if you pick the same material, is that a way that you can create a bit of interest? Yeah, again, it, it comes back to zoning the space, doesn't it? You know, if you, if you didn't want to mix and match the material itself, so you didn't want to have a, a, a colour contrast, if you like, then you can play around with the thickness of a worktop. I think it, it probably works better to have a different finish rather than you know the same material but different thicknesses but you can definitely play around with it and see how it would be and how it would feel I think what I'm getting from this conversation is that you know the, the opportunities really are endless and like I started the conversation thinking about standing in front of that sample display and there are so much so many samples to choose from but actually that's the beauty of choosing a worktop, it can feel a little bit overwhelming, I'm not going to lie at first, but once you start really thinking about and putting those different samples together to create a look, you you can really have some fun with it, can't you? Yeah, it's really fun and it's really exciting as well, actually. You just need to take your time with it and you just need to make sure that whichever designer you're working with, they're working for your pace and they're just checking your understanding of the product along the way. So it's a kitchen is a big investment. The workshop aspect of your kitchen is a big investment. So you just have to know and understand not only all of the material options and their pros and cons, but actually once you then narrow down to a group of materials, 
what are all of the options within that group? You know, the, the textures, the finishes, the thicknesses, the edge profiles, what you can do with that particular material. And just enjoy it, take the time with it, but just make sure you understand all of your options. And if the old designer starts asking you personal questions about how tidy or how messy you are. (laughs) Be honest. Be honest. (laughs) Yeah, be really, really honest. Tell them exactly what happens in your kitchen because we need to understand, you know, there's absolutely no point coming in and saying, oh, we never never chop on it. We wouldn't dream of taking something out of the oven and putting it down straight onto the worktop. We always do. I bet when people say that to you, you're like, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, exactly. Tell me the truth. Yeah, it can be straight (laughs) through them. Yeah, so yeah, you just need to know because if you don't tell us, we're just going to do you a disservice by not giving you the right information that you need. Um, And actually then in, you know, 12 months down the line where you take something out of the oven and burn your worktop, you'll wish you'd told us the truth. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's probably the biggest takeaway from today's conversation is be honest about how you actually live. Well, Rianne, thank you so much. Now, briefly to end, I ask the same question at the end of every episode. So I want to know what is your golden rule for kitchen design and what's the biggest mistake to avoid? Oh, my gosh. Okay, I think every project and including myself on this, I was my own worst nightmare when I designed my own kitchen, but everybody has the ultimate week of panic where you just doubt every decision you've made your entire life (laughs) so what I would say is just really take your time because it's so exciting designing a new kitchen but just pace yourself and pace your decision making like I said earlier make sure you understand all of your options at each stage of the design process and just really enjoy it because then Whatever you think your kitchen's going to look like in your head from all of your mood boards, it will be so much better if you've just taken your time and made your decisions with confidence. Brilliant. And is there anything that you you suggest people should avoid? Probably lying about. Yeah, yeah. Tell the truth at all times. (laughs) Yeah, not really. Just rush decisions. You know, just just take your time with it. Don't rush anything, and just be brave. You know, if you see something that you really love the look of and just go with it just be bold be brave and then you'll love it brilliant be bold be brave and be honest I think that is a great place to end well Rianne thank you so much for chatting to me today all about worktops I mean it's such a vast area but I encourage everyone listening to go to the local showroom and just have a look at the samples you know have a bit of fun um discover things like Madagascan seabird yeah do it do it Brilliant. Well, thank you so much and I hope you enjoy the rest of your day. You too. Thank you. Well, I could have chatted to Rianne for an age just about worktops there. There is so much to cover, but I hope you found that useful and there's plenty of ideas and tips in there for you to take away. The thing that I took away from it really was to be brave and be honest and really take the time to investigate the different worktops that are available. Visit showrooms, look at their sample displays, go to stonemasons yards if you can and really look at what's available in the largest possible slab you can find before making that all-important final decision. And really, I'm going to repeat it again. Be honest with your designer. If you know you're not going to be up for oiling a worktop that's wooden or caring for a marble worktop, then, you know, maybe that isn't the choice for you. But let me know what you thought. As always, you can email me on hello at these3rooms.com. I'd love to hear what you are going to go for in your kitchen and if you've got any questions to do with worktops. But for now, thank you as always for listening and join me next time for more of how to buy a kitchen or bathroom.
the podcast. Thank you.